Hi. Hi, guys. This is Brian. This is episode 29 of Invite the Neighbors DIY Podcast. Um, I keep talking about how I want to do more than just bands. I want to do people related, you know, affiliated with the scene, whatever. Um, so today I have Joseph Shu, who is a uh, photographer, takes pictures of a lot of uh, a lot of different bands, like shows and things like that. And uh, he's on his way over here. I'm assuming the conversation is going to be pretty rad. <laughs> Just judging by like some of his posts on Instagram and stuff, and like um, some of the captions he's posted, he seems to be close to my age, and I think we'll have a lot in common based on some of the things that I've, I've read of his on Instagram. Um, he does have a website. It's in his bio and his Instagram. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but he's definitely going to plug it during the episode, and I will put links in the episode description. So if you're listening to this, just go to the description, and there should be uh, the URLs to his, where you can find his work. Um, yeah. Stoked to have a photographer on. I think it's cool that like a lot of different you know, people who not, might not necessarily play music are still like... You know, they get captured by, like, this little thing that we have going on here, and they want to be a part of it. Um, and everyone seems to be cool about that, and why wouldn't they be? I just think it's cool that, like, it's like the whole community, you know? Sound like an idiot right now. Sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I mean it, honestly. Um, anyways, here's episode 29. <laughs> All right, you want to pull that a little bit closer? Yep. Yeah, we're good. Joseph Shu, right? Yep, that is correct. Cool, dude. Most people don't get that right the first time. I'm cultured as shit, man. <laughs> Did you grow up with Asian friends or something? No, I went to China one time and we learned like different uh, pronunciations of of like uh, pinyin. I think they want, they called it yeah, like yeah. that's like how you translate the characters to mm-hmm. English or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and plus, I've just paid attention in my life. Not to say that other people haven't, but like. I've seen like XU enough times and like heard it pronounced in other things to where like I kind of remembered like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's like an SH sort of thing. Did you go to China for like school or something? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a like a, a study abroad thing. Nice. Pull that microphone down just a little bit too. Yeah, Sound good? Yeah, yeah. I'm just watching the wave files and making sure they're big. Just, yeah, you're good. That mic is always quieter, <laughs> but I can always make it loud later. Okay. This is DIY on the fly. <laughs> but uh no, yeah, so I went there uh through U of M. It was like a study abroad thing. And uh I was a psych major. Okay. And it was sweet like we did this uh these like comparative studies like from so the whole thing was about like study habits of of students and like we so we like we were like spying on kids at, at like the libraries <laughs> at U of M, like pretending to study and like watching other people. Yeah, and like we'd code it so like we'd watch them each person for like ten minutes, and then if they looked at Facebook at all during that one minute, we coded it for that <laughs> minute. Or if they studied that whole minute, we coded it that. Or if they're doing email, checking their phones, like all these different things that could like we're basically coding distraction like over like an, like an averaging out how much time people spend studying versus being distracted and then then we did the same thing over in china oh, really? if, like those kids were like less distracted but turns out they're really not really yeah like it, it there was a difference it wasn't like statistically significant as they say but it was like 
so like Chinese, the Chinese students were slightly less distracted, but not enough that would it was like statistically significant. So like they don't have Facebook or whatever because it's banned, but they just have they have all their own versions of yeah. Shit. They got like WeChat and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I had to order sneakers one time off this dude, like on WeChat, and like I, f- I figured all about that. It's getting some like some f- uh, well, no, I, what it turned out they were like fake Yeezys. Sounds about right. I mean, do they look good at least? Could you like get away with it? Yeah, I I could, but then I ended up getting like some uh, some real ones because like, I was just like, uh, but I got some real ones and then I ended up selling them. But I was just like, all right, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch out for that fake Chinese shit. It's like a little bit addictive. You'll buy all this shit and then you'll yeah. have like buyers or more. It's like, man, I wish I had the real shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, there's some things like there's like Nike off-white Jordans or something like that. Like if you were to buy them on StockX, they'd be like $1,400 or something yep, like yep. that. Or you could get them for like $120. Yeah, I went to uh, Brazil last year around this time, and I was just like hitting up. There's this place called, uh, oh, I can't remember where, but basically it's like Swag Beast Alley. It's like all <laughs> the, like, the fucking counterfeit, like, you know, yeah. um, Supreme and whatever the hell you want for like a fourth of the price, basically. And I just like brought back like another suitcase of shit, basically. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you. We've seen this for a long time with like handbags. Like that's always been a thing, mm-hmm. like fake handbags. And I don't think anyone really cares. You know, no. what I mean, everyone. It's just funny to me. I think that like people just want to be seen like wearing those brands. Yeah. Do you think that like exists in the music world at all? Like, you know, I have to have like the uh, Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> yeah, what do you like mean? counterfeit Led Zeppelin. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm kind of making a joke, but like Greta Van Fleet, do you know who they are? Yeah, vaguely. Like, yeah. I think I've listened to them a little bit. So they're, uh, they are like the biggest, I think the most blatant example of like a band who is just profiting off of the sound that was already Led Zeppelin. Like, from everything from their aesthetic to like their sound. Everything about them is just Led Zeppelin all the way. Oh, really? And, like, everyone, like, people like my dad's age love Greta Van Fleet because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, all those people who loved Led Zeppelin back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a Led Zeppelin cover band, but they're, like, masquerading as their own thing. <laughs> so, that, maybe it wasn't the question you were getting at, but I just saw the opportunity to make fun of them, and I always go. <laughs> Well, what, what, what were you meaning, though, like, as far as... I guess, like, so, like, I think there's, like, this band on Warped Tour a few years ago, like, Blackfield Brides or whatever. They were, like, they had, like, you know, the fake uh, stacks and shit like that. And, like, are there, like, other musicians oh. who do, like, you know, the fake, like, Fender Strat, like, 67 or something like that? Oh, you know like what? That. I could definitely see that. And I, I know there's entire companies who make, like, nice guitars mm-hmm. that are are modeled to be look like they're worn like they're vintage guitars mm-hmm. which is a really strange thing to me to yeah. like have a brand new guitar made to look like it was worn like i mean i can't say anything somewhere in jeans that were like made ripped but like <laughs> it's kind of like that in a way but yeah. like i think the cool thing about vintage guitars that are like completely like worn down and stuff is the fact that like all the things that had to happen to get it to that point, Mm -hmm. you know, like all the actual wear and tear and like years on the road and things like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can do it in a factory, but 
and it can be a really nice sounding guitar. Like I recorded on a guitar like that recently because it sounded amazing, but like the fact that it's missing paint in arbitrary spots mm-hmm. just to make it look like it's been on the road, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, it doesn't have like the story yeah. behind it and all that. Yeah, that's the simpler way of, of saying it. Like just to sum it up, yeah, it just like doesn't have the story. But like as far as like fake, I didn't know that Black Veil Blood Brides had fake stacks. That's fucking hilarious. I mean, I could be misquoting it, but it was one of those Warped Tour bands that just had like the double stacks and just empty cases basically so we'll tag black fail brads in there <laughs> yeah i that's that's pretty shameful i mean I, I even having real stacks is kind of a joke because like when you're playing any decent venue at all your shit's mic'd you need one speaker yeah you know? i mean I mean, there are some bands, though, that, like, justify it, though. Like, have you heard of the band Gojira? No. So, Gojira is, like, this... like Godzilla, though. The way yeah, it, it is. Godzilla, I mean, yeah. Gojira is uh, the Japanese word for Godzilla. Yeah, and yeah. they're, like, this death metal band. And they have, like, just some of the most... I don't know. It's a super loud band, but it's also, like, a super, like, good-sounding band. Like, if you listen to the records, they're just super well-produced, all these sort of weird, intricate sounds, and they bring it into the live sets, so they kind of justify it. Like, they have to have all that instrumentation, all the separate speaker stacks, and all that sort of stuff. Well, then that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's rare. Definitely, like, more of it's, like, aesthetic than it is, like, actually, like, utilization, but... Yeah, like, uh, do you know the Hard Times? Yep. There's this Hard Times article. It's like, uh, pop punk band insists that full stack necessary for show in Dave's basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something like that. Exactly. I just think it's, yeah, I, that's something I thought was sweet when I was first playing guitar. Mm-hmm. I was in like eighth grade. I was like, dude, I need a stack, <laughs> a full stack, dude. Like, I'll be like Slash from Guns N' Roses, you know? Like, <laughs> But now I just like no, I'm I'm more into I've gone like the full opposite end of the spectrum where I'm all about just like the I like boutique amps and things like that. Just something that you the amp itself, that's is all you need right there. Yeah. Is like yeah. You get the beautiful sound out of that. Which I that's probably my next major music purchase is a new or getting my amp modified to sound like one of the vintage fenders. Yeah, it sounds like expensive, uh, expensive hobby. As yeah, I it's. I can't. I don't have the money to turn it into a hobby. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I could upgrade it once. I mean, I bought that amp back in college, and it's, since then I've not touched it. You know, but there's all these like there's like nerdy forums dedicated to just my amp and all the things because it's like an entry level tube amp. It's it's like seven hundred bucks to buy it, Oof. which is you know, I mean, it's. In terms of tube amps, it's 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 decent. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, but you can do modifications to it that would make it sound like a vintage Fender Bassman, which is like a shit ton of money. Um, so buying that amp for like seven hundred and doing the mods to it, you're still paying way less overall. Yeah, yeah. Than to buy sure. a Bassman, and it's it's a Fender amp, so it's like virtually the same thing as a, as like one of the older Bassman. It's just not literally just isn't in the same casing now do you have like the skills to do that i guess like i mean i do how- not but i know a guy <laughs> you know a guy yeah yeah there's this guy who like where he's a certified fender repairman mm-hmm. and he works out of his basement in jackson and his business is called al's diner okay it's, it's the weirdest like most confusing thing ever and then you show up there's no signage anywhere 
like you just like have the guy's address <laughs> and he's a certified fender amp repairman yeah yeah that sounds about right because i i want to say like a couple years ago i went out to warren it was like the same thing with one of my friends in this band called youth novel he like wanted to like get something like upgraded or repaired or whatever by like an official fender dude same exact deal just like a basement full of amps and shit and yeah just like he's certified so let's do yeah it. yeah i mean you think about like the type of guy like what what it what type of person it takes to like become that good at fixing amps to become certified by fender it, it, it probably would be some guy who's like tinkering in his basement all the time yeah you know like i won't go near him like you could literally <laughs> kill yourself if you hit the wrong thing when you're trying to fix an amp oh really yeah yeah like you just if, have to know like all the electrical yep, shit yep which i don't understand it at all and i don't <laughs> it's not that i'm too stupid to figure it out i just all the time commitment that it would take yeah yeah you have to have a passion for it i feel like no know? i mean i'm like the same way i'm liberal arts degree sociology so it's like oh, anything yeah. engineering shit like no idea i'm ashamed to my parents who are both engineers oh so, really yeah <laughs> was there like pressure on you growing up to like go into one of those sort of fields or? oh yeah a hundred percent um just also the stereotype of like asian parents wanting right. you to like do the you know successful career fields and shit like that yeah um, and then I just chose photography instead, and that did not make them happy initially. Just because, right. um, yeah. I mean, they grew up, you know, going to engineering and stuff like that. So it was just they know nothing about photography and didn't know if I could be successful at it or like just even support myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's really interesting, like talking to. Uh, like when I went over to China for like the study abroad, talking to those kids over there, like, and it was like, they talked about a lot of those types of pressures and things like that. But it was interesting comparing that to like my Asian friends in, in the States mm -hmm. who like grew up in the States, like in, in China, the people that lived there, it, it was like the pressure wasn't, there was no stigma around it because it was the norm huh. to have like your parents having like putting all that pressure on you. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't as much of like the man, my parents really want to do this. It's like they wanted it just as much as their parents did. Whereas like yep. a lot of my, like some of my Asian friends here were like more likely to push back against yeah, it because 100%. they're surrounded by, you know what I mean? Like all their friends who America being more of like an individualistic sort yeah. of, uh, Thing. I mean, it's just also like you come to America and there's this, you know, the stereotype, the land of opportunity, you know, yeah. the land of opportunity, like career wise, this means, you know, you can do a bunch of stuff. You can be, you know, an artist, a musician, whatever sort of stuff instead of like law, medicine, engineering, yeah. whatever sort of stuff. Whereas, you know, in Asia and China specifically, there's just like four careers you can be in. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's. I don't I to to go into like to force somebody into one of those careers is just like sometimes you get lucky and that person has a passion for it. Yeah. They enjoy it, but there's got to be so many people out there who are like doing jobs like being a doctor who don't have a passion for it and that scares the shit out of me cuz it's like you don't want to get stuck with that doctor who's only a doctor because they just never said no to their parents. Mhm. Mm you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I don't know, we're, I think some people, though, they can find ways to enjoy it, you know what I mean? Even if, yeah. like, let's I say mean, you're, like... The moolah. Yeah, the one. moolah, but also <laughs> I think inherently everyone wants to, like, 
you know, they're kind of core human things, right? Uh, I want to be part of like a community or I want to be part of something. I want to help people, yeah. um, stuff like that, right? Yeah. It may not be the way you want to, but usually people can find certain ways to justify their jobs, I guess. Yeah, I think it's definitely like an ego defense mechanism at the end of the day. For like, sure. Like your mind is wired to try and like feel good and it will like attempt to rationalize whatever, you know? I mean, yeah. not, not that that's a bad thing. It just, it, it's just an observation, but. No, I mean, I think that's 100% true. Um, and I think everyone just has to, because, I mean, how many people at the end of the day, when you thought about what you dreamed of doing when you're like 18, 19, fuck, probably less than 1% yeah. like, got there, you know? Yeah. It's, and that's not to say, like, dreams evolve, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things change, and you change as a person, too, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I always envy the people who like from the from their junior year of high school taking the ACTs or something. They know exactly what they want to do and that never changes and they just follow that all the way through and now they're like self-actualized by the time they're 25, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, "How the fuck did you do that? Like <laughs> how how did you know? Like that's just a different personality type altogether, I feel like, cuz I was all over the place." Yeah. Like I knew I wanted to be a musician, but I didn't have the resolve to be like, I'm not going to school. I don't need to go to school for this. Like, I was like, no, I I need to go to school because I get good grades. And like, it's unrealistic to think I'd be a musician. I, I, I never wanted to confront it. I was too afraid to not go to school. So you want to do it like when you're like a, a lot younger, like 18, 19 or whatever. Yeah, I've wanted to do it since I was since I first started playing guitar when I was oh, wow. in like eighth grade, seventh okay. grade, I've always wanted to do it, but as like a, wouldn't that be awesome? But I never really thought about the logistics of how I would make it happen. It's just what I've wanted to do. And then I started like, as I was like graduating college, I realized like, you start to realize that the people who you idolize, they're just people. They, yeah. they did a series of actions that led to that outcome. And then you're like, Oh, I could do that potentially. I I just have to like take the actions and hope for the best. And that's when I started like really started changing the way I lived my life. Like I was after I graduated, like I was planning on taking the GREs and like going to grad school to be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. But I totally like had like a breakdown when I was studying for the GREs one day. I was just like, I don't want to do this at all. And like uh, my grandpa was like, a super genius was like, go read your degree and see if there's any instructions on what to do next. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, no, you're right. And then from there on, I just completely dropped the idea of going back to school. Um, and just focused said, I'm like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to be a musician and never succeed at it or succeed at it, but I'm never going to not try. That's awesome though. Cause I mean, again, the stereotype is like so many people go for it and then a lot of people just don't go for it either. Yeah. They kind of just do this mediocrity, mediocrity thing for like the rest of their lives. And- yeah. My buddy, my buddy, Kevin, who listens to this podcast a lot. I don't know if you know him, Kevin Rice, but uh, Kevin, if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to, I'm going to pick at you a little bit because he, he's, he's, it made me think of him because he said he, that he gave himself like a five, five years in music at the time when he turned like 18 he said he was giving himself five years to pursue it and then one he's not at the end of it yet but at the end of five years i can't remember what he said but like if he hadn't achieved what he wanted to yet then maybe he was going to go a separate way like yeah go a different path and i'm here to tell 
Kevin <laughs> and anybody else that don't do that. Don't quit after five years. If, yeah, if you're not yeah. where you think you're supposed to be, like if this is what you want to do, don't ever quit, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. Like you, I was, I was going through your Instagram today, creeping, and uh, <laughs> you posted something about uh, how like being like nearly 30 was, uh, it's like a cause for, I can't remember exactly what, the, but the premise was like being older and like maybe your age not lining up where with where you thought you'd be, but kind of like trying to shed that in favor of like, am I happy or am I not? Like, do I like where I'm at or do I not? And not thinking about the age so much. I just thought that was really. Yeah, man. I think, um, you know, like you grow up in certain communities, um, you know, surrounded by certain people and read all this shit on the internet and see all these success stories. And you feel like, you know, I should have um, kids or a house or whatever, certain yeah. financial or career sort of things figured out at certain ages and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, like, I was on the way when I was younger. Um, like, I, so I dropped out of school um, when I was 16 credits short at U of M. Oh, really? Um, because I had one of those, like, quarter-life crises yeah. where it's like, what the hell am I going to do with sociology degree and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, the only thing that made me happy was photography. Um, and I did that and I got a full-time job doing it. Um, a job that I enjoy a lot. Um, but it didn't get figured out, you know, not everything in life got figured out just cause yeah. I, you know, made it to a certain level of success. Um, Right. With photography. Like, you know, the first goal that a lot of us want to do is just, like, be able to do it and get paid for it, right? Yeah. And then I think um, the next step um, is really just, like, figuring out what the hell makes you happy from right. there on out. Um, and, yeah, so I think um, with regards to, like, photography and going to shows and stuff like that, when I look at it, you know, I didn't think I'd still be going to shows. I, I turned 30 in a couple months and still going to the same hardcore shows in some sense. I'm still hanging out with some of the same friends who I've seen on and off throughout the years. And yeah, it's been wild um, seeing them grow um, and also getting to photograph them grow too. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It's like the music in some sense still feels the same i guess i'm still like as excited about the music in some sense but i think it's also like i'm just excited to watch these people grow these people yeah. who i've gotten close with and i'm sure you feel that too as you've been you know getting to the music scene too you see like you know your friends develop and get better as musicians and yeah. you know go in the peaks and uh nadirs of you know music yeah and what it means right yeah, it's it's only I've only been in this particular scene for maybe like a year. But even in that time like seeing people release albums and people get signed to labels and things like that. It's been it's been pretty cool. It also gives me like the the fear of missing out sort of thing and yeah. make me realize like oh, I need to like get my ass in gear, you know, cuz like it's it's fun and it's good to watch your friends do that, but it's way more fun if you're doing it too. Yeah, you for know? sure. And so, like, I really want to, you know, be on the same level. Like, I want to have those things be happening to me, too, which is, you know, I, I'm one of those people that never gives myself enough credit for what I, are, like, am currently doing, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, I f I'll forget, like, 
I'll sometimes I'll feel like I haven't done shit, like I'm going nowhere, and then I realize like, oh, I have a podcast, and like the people like it, and yeah, and like that's definitely good. Like I I know so many people from it, and then, like, but it's usually other people reminding me of that. It's like I don't really have the thought that that comforts me ever. It's like I have to constantly be doing something. Yeah, I'm sort of the same way. Sort of like in some sense, for lack of a better term, like a fragile ego. Oh, and yeah, I just indeed. like. If I'm not working, I don't feel like I'm really doing anything. Yeah. It's almost like I have to work to like counteract that fear that I'm just going to not do anything. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like the fear of failure is just like omnipresent, you know, like uh, sure. the fear of like, but that's the, I, the way I push that away is by just like agreeing with making agreement with myself that I will never stop trying at it. Like, yeah. I don't care how old I get. Like, I'm just going to keep trying. I'm like. I'm 28 and I'll be 29 in in the winter time. And I just don't care. You know, I decided to just stop caring about how old I am. Like, you know, and not that you were even that old. Like we can feel that way when you're, especially like hanging around at U of M with like all like the college band scene and things like that. I have a lot of friends that are like 21, 22 now, but it doesn't matter unless you, you think it does they don't think it matters you know what i mean a lot of them are shocked that i'm as old as i am because i act like a fucking silly weirdo all the time you know like i'm always joking around like and i think doing what you love kind of keeps you young in a way for sure and i think like I've, I've had those same sort of thoughts that you were describing as far as like you thought you'd be on a certain path or you hear about like you know like your friends get really good jobs and now friends are getting married buying houses and things like that and that's like i've i come came across this concept that i really thought was interesting like the the narrative self versus the experiential self like mm-hmm. Dak shepherd was talking about that in his podcast and i was like my narrative self would would there's like a narrative that like oh i have all these things accomplished by a certain age or whatever mm-hmm. but like if i had that would my experiential self be fulfilled you know like mm. so like it would fulfill the narrative but like with with the experience of it so what's really going to make you feel fulfilled yeah like your real self or yeah. whatever yeah and then you'll so it's like you need to like find what it is that like gives you that fulfillment and then look at the narrative of it and be like oh that's how i got here it wasn't it wasn't those things that i thought it would be yeah for sure know? which is deep as shit <laughs> <laughs> No, man. I mean, so I guess your friend Kevin, um, when you like first started out in music, like, did you have like a similar goal like that? You know, like, I'm going to give myself X number of years to do this or whatever. No. No? Nope. You just went for it and said, fuck it, time frame. I'm just going to. Well, for me, it's an it's an interesting one because like I, like I've been writing music since I was 16, you know, mm-hmm. and I. I wrote like a full album's worth of music with my friend Brad who was on drums and like we basically 50-50 co-wrote like an album's worth of music and uh, just never released it because we didn't have the money to record it. We didn't have like the technical knowledge to do it all. We didn't have, the biggest thing is we didn't have other musicians to play it with us. Yeah. So like that. And honestly, we didn't really have the work ethic to like go through with it mm. because we were just young and we were doing other things. We were in school, you know. Yeah. It's not that we had poor work ethic in general. It's just that our time was occupied by the things. So like, it just kind of got put on the back burner for a long time. And then it was only in the last like year and a half 
that I, uh, I had like another like midlife quarter life crisis where I was like, holy shit. Like I, I work for, I work for the state. Like I have a good job. Like I realized like I'm on a career path and then I, it just hit me one day. Like, fuck man, I don't want to do this. Like I've, I really don't want to do this my whole life. And so like I just put an ad out on Craigslist for like anyone looking to join a band. And then I ended up joining this band with these three kids, 21, 22 and 23 and uh, was their guitarist and singer. And like from there I started playing my own, like we played house shows and like I got introduced Mm -hmm. to the whole DIY scene. And like from there I was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now because like I, now that I've done it, there's no way I could stop doing this and, and be happy, you know? Like, so it was, it was really more at like age 20. I can't remember if I was 26 or 27, probably like 27 when I just realized like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going after this, which is funny because that's after Kevin Rice's expiration date. <laughs> right, right. Is when I realized like I have to do this. So Kevin, all the more reason to just just drop your little five year plan and just go for it. Dude. <laughs> but no, Kevin's a smart kid too. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not trying to like uh, t- trying to like yeah, trivialize. I mean, his, I'm his sure he's plans, setting you know? he's setting that goal because he's trying to get his yeah. ass in gear. It's not yeah. like a self defeatist goal. It's just really like. Let me make sure that, like, I, you know, put in all the effort that I really do need to put yeah. in, basically. And that's, yep. like, smart. That's really smart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would just hate to see him quit if he if he wasn't where he thought he wanted to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing that, like, I've come to appreciate over, like, just kind of being in and out of, like, various music scenes around um, for, like, the last decade or so is, like, I've seen... Um, obviously a lot of people come and go, but I've also seen like people like still doing it past age 30. You know what I mean? Like, um, one of my, uh, coworkers wives, uh, is she's like from the old, like eighties, like Bay area punk scene. Um, and so she's friends with like bands from like, you know, bands like green day and neurosis and stuff like that. Oh, sweet. And so we went to go see neurosis, um, at St. Andrews hall a couple weeks ago. And these guys are like, 55 like yeah or whatever and just still playing like sludge metal that's super loud and probably really bad for your ears at that age yeah but they're just like still doing it you know working a good middle class i assume life and all that and just still seeing the world and still making great music and all that sort of stuff and i don't know i think it's just great watching people like make careers out of this and yeah do something they love long term you know what i mean and, yeah because you know when you're younger you kind of see like these archetypes that are like you know i don't know for me it was like some 41 <laughs> red hot chili peppers stuff like that yeah. um this mega stadium tours and there are people who are playing like you know 1000 2000 people theaters and stuff like that yeah who are doing fine and who are happy and all that sort of stuff you know absolutely like some of my favorite bands are the types of bands who when they're on tour they might come play the shelter Mm -hmm. or like the loving touch and yeah yeah and that's their thing and like yeah they have to keep touring to keep it going but like ace enders is like a is like from the early november he's like an idol of mine you know you know them yep of course yep so yeah he's like a lot of people uh have told me i even look like him which oh, really? is funny. a little yeah. bit yeah yeah without the glasses maybe i don't yeah, know yeah yeah uh, but uh he's he's an example of a guy who 
you know, he has found a way to keep himself relevant over the years. Yeah. And he's never playing arenas or he's not even playing big theaters. But he does his own thing on the side. Like, he does, like, band coaching. Like, yep. he yeah. finds, like, interesting ways to make money. Like, he owns a studio now. Yep. And that's, like, my dream. It would be to, like, be a tour. Well, I have a multifaceted dream. I have a very complicated <laughs> life. But I would love to be, like, a recording, like, a, a touring musician. But, like, when I'm home, I could produce music. Yeah. Or at least it would be nice to have, like, someone else do the engineering and, like, me, like, have a team where I'm the producer, but, like, yep. I have other people fuck with the engineering, so I don't have to worry about it. Because uh, that's just the way my mind works. Um, I think it's left-brained is what they call that. But uh, the left-brained, whichever one is more conceptual, Yeah, you know, that's me. And then I would love to, like, do, like, stand-up comedy, too. Like, I think I, if I could go back and forth between doing music and stand-up comedy, I would be, like, so happy. Who are, let's think about this, who are comedians who are also musicians? Um, well, John Mayer is got, he's kind of got his feet dipped in right. both. He's, he does like, he's Control doing Danger stuff with like David Tell, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Dave yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, and a lot of people have said that if he wanted, like he's, he has the right mindset to be a comedian if he wanted to. Yeah. I don't, there's p people that like are musical comedians, yeah. like Bo Burnham. Like, I don't want to do that. Oh, right. Bo Burnham. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to mix the two. I would love to like be a touring musician who lives in like New York or Chicago. And that way when I'm not on tour, I could just do spots in like Chicago, New York, like in the clubs, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't need to be famous off of that. <laughs> I, I would love to just like work like the new, the comedy cellar in New York or things like that. That would be amazing. Just, just for fun you know for sure but uh and i worry though like would people take one or the other seriously you know like if uh if i became successful at music would they take me seriously if i was trying to do comedy or or vice versa you know mm. but it's not something i shouldn't even worry about no i mean like that's something um it's not exactly the same but something i definitely uh I guess worry about in subject matter in terms of like what I photograph. Um, okay. So like for me, I um, once I like you know got a well-paying job in like photography, I started going into like the photojournalistic route, um, trying to like you know document stories in the community and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, music doesn't really fit into that right, all that right. cohesively in some sense. Um, and there was part of me that like stayed away from music for a few years, um, just because I was worried about how people in the journalistic community would like view like music photography, like oh, you know, the stories are even told, and you know, it's easy photography and stuff like that. Yeah. And honestly, like the last year and a half, two years, I've gotten back into it just because like I enjoy it. <laughs> and yeah. I don't really want to like think about what other people. I don't really want other people to uh, mold my work, I guess. Yeah. Like, I still know that I'm getting better at photography, and I know that by um, spending time with people in the music community, I'm still getting better at photography through that way. But also, I'm just, like, surrounding myself with good people, um, which I think is, like, way more important than um, trying to focus your work. By, like, supporting yourself with, like, good people, obviously, you're just going to have a support network to, like, do what you want to do. You yeah. know, like, for example, if you, like, you know, the split between comedy and music, you know, 
as long as you have friends who are like supportive of you, you know, going in both endeavors, I think that's what's important. Oh yeah. I definitely do. Like I, I keep my circle of main friends pretty small to where like, if there's people who don't, who wouldn't support me, then I just wouldn't hang out with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as i get older like i just i don't make time for people i don't want to make time for you know or or who wouldn't make the same time for me so it naturally just kind of happens there's like that natural attrition but yeah i wanted to ask you like what what originally got you wanting to do photography if if it was music or if if you late realized later that you could apply the photography to the music so i mean it was definitely music because um I grew up as like a shy, sheltered kid, um, but okay. who wanted to like, um, like go to shows, I guess. So yeah. like, um, my parents, again, like super conservative Asian parents, like didn't let me out of the house. I had to study and all the stereotypes and shit like that. And then when I came to college, um, I knew I wanted to go to shows. Uh, I yeah. like, you know, I would listen to like all the local bands, you know, on like mp3.com and pure volume and all that sort of yeah. stuff when it was still around. Um, and they pure were like, volume. yeah, I forgot about that shit. <laughs> the good old days. Right. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to go to shows, but I also was a shy kid. Still am to a certain degree, but, um, I just didn't know what to like do at shows. I didn't smoke cigarettes, you know? Yeah. I kind of just like bum cigarettes or whatever. Um, and I just remember like coming across this one dude's photography, Ryan Meir, who is um, professional music photographer. And then when like I saw his photography, I'm like, you know, like that's it basically. That's what I'm going to be at yeah. shows. Like I can, that can be can my be role. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I can like contribute and I can have a reason to also just be as close to these musicians as I really want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm like circling back to like music photography now in the last couple of years and why I've always just circled back is just, you know, I love music. Yeah. I think I'm going to love music for the rest of my life. And I'm like, not just love music, but love um, being around the people in music, yeah, I think yeah. more than anything. And that's what I wanted to do from day one was like, I saw these, you know, cool people, these like unattainable heroes in some sense. Um, and then sort of the, um, unintended consequence, I guess, is like, you know, you discover your heroes are humans too, and that they want to be treated like humans too. Um, and I've gotten to know a lot of like my local heroes, um, and just also hang out with them and become friends with them over the years. Like, I know you're like recording with like Nick Diener and all that sort of stuff right now. Like I remember that's crazy for me, you know? Yeah. Like you grew up listening to Swellers, I'm guessing, right? Well, you know what? I wasn't a big Swellers fan, but like it was just the fact it was what it represented because we were from like he grad we graduated from the same high school, mm-hmm. and like when he was a senior, I was in eighth grade, but I would just started playing guitar, and okay. here's this guy who's who's just graduating and who's got the successful band. Yeah, yeah. So that he was like the first thing that made me realize like, oh, people from Linden can do that yeah and so like now to come full circle on it and be like okay now i'm pursuing my dreams in that realm finally and like 
of course it's so awesome it's awesome to like have the guy who's helping me put out my first album be the guy who like made me realize i could do it like inadvertently yeah and meanwhile he's like the nicest dude ever yeah it's like super fun to hang out with yeah yeah dude like we've had so like we had uh such a good time like just hanging out for two days like i think the biggest thing is like maybe i didn't next time i go in i need to be smarter about like maybe how we use some of our time because it's so easy to just hang out because he's so laid back that like we would just like shoot the shit yeah i mean every like i don't get a hangout with nick all that often but like when i do it's just like i just like listen i like you know what stories are you gonna tell me about like your time in brazil or your time in japan or whatever sort of stuff it's just like fun hearing stories from him you know oh yeah yeah and he, he was telling me like stories about him and like uh justin pierre from motion city soundtrack it's like i love that band and you know like i it was just it was just cool things like that or like the early november he told me stories about it was like god this is fucking sweet (laughs) you know just makes me want to get back into the studio like i i need to it's but money you know saving up right now so that i can go back and, and finish up this fucking album but it'll be worth it but yeah i'm uh forgot where my train of thought was going before what we were talking about oh yeah so like you got just what made me think of something you said kind of like draw drew a parallel to me was like not knowing what to do at shows yeah you know and if you're playing the invite the neighbors drinking game i'm about to mention like why i started the podcast again but like that's that's like uh i just didn't i didn't know when like what to do i didn't want to go to shows and i didn't really go to them Mm -hmm. because like i i don't know what to say to people like i don't know how to make friends yeah yeah out in the wild like that like i've I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I it has to just fall right in my lap in order for me to talk to somebody. So, but I was just like, God, dude, I need, I need to like do that in order to start knowing people. If I want to be successful, like, it's not enough to just have like a sweet album if no one knows who the hell you are. No one's gonna listen to it. So, but then I just realized, like, oh, podcast. Like, I, I love <laughs> podcasting. What if you know I had the idea to do this basically, and it's working. And now it's like if I go to a show people know who i am and i don't have to like go through the weirdness of trying to meet people like i already know people because they come to me first yeah exactly and it's like people and it's nice too because i don't just have a lot of times i'm like you and i like first this is the first time i met you but it's not just like some casual like hi how are you two minutes later see you later and then it's like by the time if i ever see you at a show it's like we'll have talked for an hour yeah you know what i mean so it's like i know i like i know more than just like at face value like a lot of times like when i go to show which is kind of cool and it's totally solved it was a complete life hack it completely solved that problem for me yeah i mean that was the same thing with photography for me it's just like shy kid i don't know how to talk to people oh wait this camera can help me start to talk to people or start conversations at least so yeah so do you do you uh do you shoot more than just like hardcore is that like your main thing that you like to do so i've definitely shot more than hardcore over the years i think i just have friends um who I don't know. I've always enjoyed hardcore and metal music a lot. It's um, one of the big reasons why I joined this place called Metal Frat like a decade ago or whatever. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I was part of Metal Frat uh, during college. And um, yeah, I've just always enjoyed metal and hardcore music. And I've had friends who who have just been in metal and hardcore bands. But, you know, 
I've also had a lot of friends in, you know, uh, emo bands and like Brave Bird and um, Bonzo and uh, Pity Sucks and all that sort of stuff and just kind of seen them and photographed them a little bit throughout the years. But I don't know, hardcore metal is a little bit close to my heart. So yeah, yeah. I'll definitely go to those shows a little bit more often, I think. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I love, I've always wanted to be in like a hardcore band as like my second <laughs> band. I think I'm close to actually playing with one. Like my buddies, uh, Pat and Kyle, and like they're they they're in Scheme Thirteen, the mm-hmm. booking company or whatever. But they have this band called Aperture, and I was like, dude, if you ever want a guitar, another guitar player, let me know. And I guess like they could sometimes use fill-in guitar, and I'm just so I might be playing guitar finally in a metal band. Nice. Which and they're they're sick. They're like. Uh, kind of like they're influenced by like knocked loose every time i die Ooh, nice yeah and that's that's my jam right there like i yeah, love yeah. every time i die knocked loose i just got introduced to by them but i really like it a lot i i like that like aggressive yeah i mean stuff. sometimes it feels good just to have aggressive riffs and breakdowns oh, you know what i mean yeah, dude. sometimes you just need that extra little bit of energy in your day so yeah i love it i love like under oath i was a huge fan of growing up norma jean yeah like i even had a devil wears prada phase (laughs) (laughs) you know like chiodos was a band that was like kind of on the line you know it wasn't hardcore but it was like they're seeing yeah right nasty riffs though like jason had some shit i mean the guitar like one of the three shows i went to in high school was a chiodos bro show like oh really? In front of like twenty people or some shit. Oh, it was like Chiodos Bros. Yeah, back oh. when they were like Chiodos Bros, and they're playing in front of like twenty or thirty people or whatever. Wow. This was at like the Norville Legion Hall, like in fuck, like two thousand three maybe or something like Sounds that. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like it's been cool though watching like some of these bands that you know when you're a kid just like grow up and make it and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's yeah. how I felt when. um like bands like fireworks and the swellers made it and yeah. like the 2010s or whatever and they got like signed to big labels it's just there's sort of that you know cliche but like community feel of like you know we made it when like you know you see these bands that yeah. you support and make it you know yeah yeah fireworks i was a huge fan of yeah i, I love fireworks yeah and actually when i was walking around china like fireworks uh was one of their album the one with arrows on it mm-hmm. that was like one of my albums i had on repeat when i was just like walking around so it's like it's weird i associate fireworks with china yeah. a lot which is cool but the swellers for whatever reason like i just wasn't into like that that brand of like punk mm-hmm. it was like more like like had like skate punk influences and things like yeah. that and i know they did it really well you know it just like it wasn't my thing yeah i mean they're definitely acquired taste with like nick's vocals and their sort of style of like songwriting to a certain degree but i think like for me like they were one of the first shows i went to when i came to ann arbor as a freshman um oh yeah yeah they played at the b-side um if you've ever been there no so do you know where the neutral zone is yeah yeah so b-side is just like basically their garage like venue that's attached to the neutral zone oh um and the bill was fireworks swellers and we are the union which was like a fucking sweet uh lineup and i just yeah it was one of the first shows i ever photographed and i just remember getting this like awesome shot of like you know nick screaming into mike and like that's it like that's the feeling i want to capture yeah everything i photograph you know 
Yeah, you know, I, and I looked at some of your, uh, obviously looked at a lot of your music photography, and it's just like, I think it's excellent, honestly. Thanks. I think it's really great, and like, I'll talk to you off air about like, coming to do some yeah, of the yeah, shows for at some sure. point. I would love that. I, and I, I've had uh, Matt, uh, I can't remember what his last name is, because his Instagram name is just like Matthew XO. But he does, he's like a younger dude and he does like photography around here too. And he's, mm-hmm. he's shot a couple shows and he's, he's good too. Um, and he, he, he did some really great photos, uh, from Bloodfest. And I, I was just saying though, I, I, there was this one and it looks like it was on that post I was talking about where your ca- captions about like getting older and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And the shots you got were just so good. Like you capture like those moments of like the, the, the energy, you know, it's like you can see that's what you want out of a band photo. You want to see, you want the still image to express like the energy that was present. Yeah, for sure. And like, to me, it's also like, I want to be in like the middle of it, you know, like that's sort of just myself photography, regardless of what I'm shooting is I want to be in the middle of it. And especially for like music photography, I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be screaming on the mic too, you know, but I also have a camera in one of my hands too that's that's fucking awesome because like i've i've never been to a show i would love to see it though like where it's like a metal show and like the photographer is even like getting in on it because that that's just like a whole other level of like and i think that adds to the energy to see like someone who you normally they're normally trying to like avoid everybody and like snapping everything so that they don't get but if you're like snapping your shots and then like getting in on it too like that's fucking crazy (laughs) well i mean i think it's also like the most successful like photographers or just like photography in general especially for music it's like people who have working relationships or friendships you know um with each other like um that band in my most recent post wounded touch i've been friends with wounded touch yeah yeah i've been friends with nick holland uh the lead singer for like fuck like eight nine years or something maybe less maybe more or whatever um and i photographed like a variety of his bands and you know we just have uh you know we're friends and we just also have a trust level of like what we're doing and he knows what i'm doing and all that sort of stuff you know it's the same thing with any sort of um band really if you have like these longer friendships with photographers you know these photographers are going to be able to get closer and get better shots and also just kind of do um different things like if you know like for example if i went and photographed you for the first time not having introduced myself not having been on this podcast or whatever right like i'd be pretty shy you know kind of keep my distance because i don't know what your you know personal space or your personal comfort is but like with people like nick and other you know other friends of mine as I've gotten to know him throughout the years and spent, you know, time being physically like close in a room and just other shit, like in bands and all that sort of stuff. Like we're just comfortable around each other such that they know what I'm doing and they trust that I'm not going to like interrupt their set or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially because you have, you have a decent amount of experience too. So it's, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, that's something I never really thought about at all. Honestly was like i always thought like these band photographers were just like maybe local people maybe not like the, like I, I obviously i know they're tour photographers but i never thought about the idea of like the band's photographer being someone who just shoots that band or maybe yeah. they have other bands but the band only ever has that person 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, bands like Wounded Touch like have had other photographers there. Right, right, right. But like at the same time, it's just like I'm gonna come out and support my friend Nick and you know my other friends in Wounded Touch in general, um, and just photograph because that's how I support them in some sense. Yeah. But it's also like that's what I enjoy doing. Like I love photographing Nick because he's such a dynamic, awesome front man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it looked like it, man. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like in those photos, it's just like. Wow, a lot of different, a uh, lot of different views of like this energy. Yeah, and I mean that's part of just and you know goal of photography in general for me is like surround myself with like eclectic people and people who are like also just passionate about what they do and yeah also really good at what they do you know and I think Nick Nick has been in the Michigan music scene forever he's been in um, a lot of like successful bands throughout the years have come and gone and. He's just one of my favorite performers, and he's also just one of my, you know, favorite people to photograph in general. So I've yeah. been fortunate to be friends with him and photograph his bands. So. It's cool, like, one of the things I've started to notice is it's cool to, like, have these intimate relationships or, like, friendships with people that are, like, in the music scene. Because the, the music scene starts to feel much smaller. Yeah. And it's, like... Like, I've become, like, buddies with, uh, like, bands like Anti-Ghost or mm -hmm. uh, American Spirits, you know, God rest their souls. Um, <laughs> but, um, and it's just, like, we're just homies. And then you forget that, like, you know, relatively speaking, like, a lot of people know who they are. Yeah. But it's just, like, we're just hanging out. And it, it almost feels like it's cool. It's, like, we're in on it. We're in on it. Yeah. You know? And then it's, like, we go to the show, and, like, wow, a lot of people are showing up. And all of a sudden, like, I go to the show, and I'm one of those people that can go stand on the side of the stage sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just a cool thing to be because it's, like, it's it's minor, you know? I'm not, like, saying, like, oh, I'm famous. You know? It's not like that. But it's, like, it's a, it's a level of connection with, with the community that you want to be a part of. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's, like, you're not just a fan. Like, you're not just somebody... And not that there's anything wrong with being just a fan. Like, I've, I was that for years and years and years. And some people are just, they're casual fans of music. And that's what the scene needs. For sure. But, like, it feels so good to be, like, one of the producers of it rather than, like, just one of the onlookers. Yeah, I mean, and that's definitely been my goal with photography in general. Not just music photography. It's just be part of communities. Because, like, to me, like, look, I love music. I love discovering new music. Um but like to me music is almost secondary to the community you know supporting yeah. my friends the people in it all the dynamics that happen the arguments the love and yeah. everything in between right that's in some sense like music the community it breeds so many fucking great stories oh yeah you know like whenever you hang out i'm sure with you know your musician friends you're just like trading stories usually right yeah About, like yeah what gig you played, who you played with, what happened at that gig and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still like getting to where like I'm hanging out with people more. Like I haven't done it very much outside of shows, mm -hmm. but I mean, I'll, tri I'll tribute to the fact that I'm just so new, like relatively speaking uh, to the scene. But like when we do hang, like when I do podcasts, especially when I have like repeat guests, it's like, there's like a camaraderie to it and it's just it's sometimes it's hard to like even keep an episode on track because like it's such a good time that like it's easy to just bullshit the entire time yeah for sure because it's just like oh shit i forgot i'm supposed to be 
putting a product out, <laughs> you know, that people are supposed to enjoy, you know, like I'm enjoying this right now, but like, is someone else going to enjoy us just shit talking for an hour, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I think, I mean, that's what I think the age of media we live in though. People want to hear like yeah. the real people behind yeah. the yeah. stuff that gets produced. And that's, what's cool about podcasts is you got to hear people be vulnerable. You get to hear people's personal like personalities and yeah. who they really are. That's, you know that I mean? was like the biggest thing that like, that was like, uh, that was there's like one A and one B for why I want to do the podcast. One was just like to get myself give myself an in, yeah. and the other one like was I wanted to expose who these people are that make up this scene, you know? Yeah, because I think there's that is really interesting to me. Like, all you listen to people's music, you think you might know something about them, but you a lot of ten times, you know, a lot of times you don't. You know, take a band like Anti Ghost where like they're music is really like heavy and like uh just angsty and things like that if you just took that at face value and tried to imagine what they're like as people you'd have you'd be completely wrong yeah for sure when you meet them they're just like they're fucking sweethearts you know and they're just really really nice people and they're not intimidating you know but you listen to their music you might be intimidated yeah definitely but yeah so like i just wanted people to be able to like see the truth of like who these people are and like give people a chance to talk about their music and like what inspires it rather than because like a lot of the social media is just shit posting and it's just yeah. you know promotion where it's it's almost taboo to like go online and talk about what this all means to you but like you can get in a long form format like this and talk about it and then all of a sudden it's like it it makes sense yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's like social media, it's, you know, the stereotype of 140 characters or less, right? You can't yeah. really express, couldn't even be like vulnerable in that amount of character yeah. space at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's all about just like getting people to look on social media. That's pretty much all it is. Like, no. if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't do it. Like, <laughs> if it wasn't necessary, I would not be on it. Like, I wish I didn't have to have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter in order to like have a successful band, but it's just the reality I feel like. Yeah. And it's part of like what builds your like social cachet too, especially in like different scenes and different like creativity scenes, I think. Um, yeah. Music, especially like um, a lot of, there are like more photographers going on tour nowadays um, with yeah. bands just cause bands need like social media fodder. They need like Instagram posts of like, mm-hmm. you know, what shit they're up to, whether that's, you know, playing a show in Albuquerque or just, you know, eating gross chili dogs yeah. at like a gas station or stuff like that. Dude, I loved seeing that stuff. Like when, especially when I was like a kid and like aspiring yep. way more, like I would love seeing like the videos from tour and like seeing how fun it looked to be on tour and like that. And like with smartphones nowadays, like you can feasibly record your own like tour videos and have it be high quality. Like new iPhone can do like 4k video recording and shit. I'm like, not this is an Apple commercial or something, but (laughs) that's insane that like you have 4k video in your hand and you can do that. And on a daily basis be providing like HD quality content to your to your followers now granted it might be hd quality content of like someone farting in someone's face <laughs> in a van you know but like the point is like we can do these things ourselves hence the essence of the diy but i mean at the end of the day having your own photographer is going to be better than like having a phone in your hand yeah but i mean the interesting thing like 
is watching like some bands get good at this stuff get good at like the marketing sort of stuff yeah i would uh, love to i need to get better <laughs> <laughs> like i have these uh friends in this band called gift giver um and they i don't know how to describe the band i guess they're kind of in the vein of like a mirror and um okay what's that one band with franz uh attila yeah, Attila. They're kind of in the vein of bands like that, and they're like really good at marketing themselves. Um, they're really talented musicians, but they also have like the marketing like know how. Like yeah. Nick Miller, um, their guitarist is like going to MSU for like essentially like a combination of like food and like marketing, essentially like basically mm. um, just learning how to like market food, but also learn how to create food, like targeted towards audiences. And that's uh, something yeah. he's just always been like good at is just like realizing what an audience wants and then like targeting, you know, whatever he makes yeah. for that audience sort of thing. And I think like a lot of musicians are also getting better at that slowly, but yeah. surely, you know, knowing their audiences through like social media and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. I've been watching other bands and taking notes on like the one bands that I think do it really well. I think foul land does it really well. Um, they're a local band and like they granted they like, they got signed to a label. They have a publicist, which obviously helps, but mm-hmm. like I'll study bands like foul land for, yeah. for instance, because it's like, I, I have like a, a, a one degree connection with them. You know, I know them personally. So it's like, I, see how like it, it if they're doing something it makes me think okay i can do that and yeah. i can just replicate it and there's no one's gonna give you any shit for like straight up copying someone else's plan because mm-hmm. it's not about that it's like we're all supporting each other we're all like wanting everybody uh, we're all wanting our friends to succeed as well it's not really a competition there's not an uh a, a finite amount of spots in successville you know what i mean right right like so it's okay to like take from other people but like right now i'm still in the phase of like getting the music done like once once the music's done i'll worry about the marketing and stuff but like it, it is it is cool to like see the bands that who who are good at it and then in the same breath there's some bands that like have really good music that i think could do way better job yeah of marketing sure. it you know um which obviously i'm not going to name names but i just think that there's i mean it goes without saying there's a lot of bands that could do way better marketing their stuff or or you know i think like it goes back to like how it always comes back to how badly do you want it how hard are you willing to work right and i think that shows and that and some people might not want this to ever be more than a hobby and that that shows and that's fine you know there's there's no judgment like if you're not putting a lot of effort into it because you only want it to be like a certain thing that's totally fine but i would i would say that like if if you wanted this to be like your life you your work ethic has to reflect that you know and i've and i'm only saying that because that's something i've struggled with you know it's like i tell myself like this is what i want my life to be then it's like well why aren't you fucking playing your guitar every day you know like why aren't you doing this stuff every day and i just like it's it's hard to say that because it's like you also can't force it yeah music's one of those and art in general is one of those fickle things where it's like i can't just sit down and just write a song and 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 have it be up to my standard yeah i could write a song but would it suck to me yes you know i have to wait for it to come and it's just rambling but (laughs) no but i mean mean? it's like also 
like feelings can come and go like you can get a moment yeah. of inspiration just like i'm gonna sit down and you know whack out a song or whack out a video or photos or whatever sort of stuff but then also just sometimes you need to like get away from it too and it's like for me it's like a mind fuck of like okay if i really want this long-term goal so badly should i be pushing through this moment where i want to like get away from it you know what i yeah. mean um just because like you know this all this narrative of like balance right yeah um but at the same time like you know when we were growing up like there is very much the narrative of like fuck balance just do it all like and do it until you hate it and blah blah, yeah. blah sort of stuff and i think it works individually for people right you know yeah different people need different things i don't know what i need honestly like especially in terms of like what i want to accomplish with photography and music photography i don't know how much of it like i want to be my life but i know that i'm enjoying it a whole lot right now yeah and i just want to be around it for now um not really any goals around it which i think it's both good and bad. Um, and I think part of it is also just the fact that, you know, I have a good paying nine to five where I also do photography. Um, yeah. And so that allows me to kind of be able to just go into music in a more casual way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, under the blanket of, uh, or under the umbrella or whatever you want to call it, of photography in general, it's almost like you've succeeded already. You know, it, it's like from here on out, I can understand not having concrete goals because, like, it can be you can you can have it be abstract because it's like you literally already get paid to take photos you know and so there you go i mean you've already like for someone who it's their first day picking up a camera you're already well beyond like where they would hope to be one day yeah so now it's like you can kind of pick and choose for yourself like your your level of involvement in the other things and you can set those goals or not or or you know half goals or whatever it's kind of a, not a bad spot to be in, honestly. No, but like at the same time, it's like I didn't um, get to where I am by just like, you know, being complacent, I guess. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Like for me at the end of the day, it's like even though I'm not into being like a hardcore photojournalist or anything as much as I might have been like four or five years ago, like I still want to tell stories of the community that are ultimately going to make people think differently about um, life, I guess. Yeah. Like I'm working on this story. Um, about this trans couple who just moved to Detroit who are trying to like navigate like the health system, uh, you know, a health system that isn't built for trans people. Um, and also oh, okay. people who, um, are lower socioeconomic status, which they are, um, and just working on a photo essay about them. And to me, it's like, I feel kind of this weird conflictedness. That's not a word, but confliction. Um, confliction yeah. yeah. Um, where it's like, shouldn't I be working on this story? Like, isn't this the most important thing instead of like going see uh, my friends, like stupid band in a basement or whatever sort of right, stuff. That's interesting. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I need also just time away. I think to be human, be like laugh and just yeah. tell stupid jokes with my friends and music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like, to me, that's, um, something i've like come to realize like as i'm about to turn 30 is like most of my friends are like involved in music and just yeah. always will be and have been and i don't know i don't necessarily need to see it as like a separation i guess for lack of a better term if that makes sense yeah yeah i mean i mean just think about it did you did you ever 
decide one day okay all my friends are going to be musicians you probably didn't have that thought no it just happened i mean i kind of did when i joined metal fret or wanted to join metal oh, fret to yeah. be honest like it was just like i want to be around music i want to be around musicians all the time that's why i went to metal fret in the first place basically. but it, it was a natural thing you know what i mean it wasn't yeah. like you had to really make uh you, you didn't have to really it's not like there's like an application process for your friends. You know what I mean? You would, I'm sure no. you would, you just naturally gravitate towards that thing. So yeah. like, I think like having that sort of like conflicting feeling about like what is the most important. I mean, it, you can do both, you know, you, you can work on that story, but even if you don't, and if you chose to go head first into only music, like if for the extreme scenario, there's always going to be other people that will cover those things that are important. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just that's like, I work for child protective services and like, I'm definitely like, I definitely do a good thing, but I'm going to quit at some point so that I can be selfish. Hmm. And it's not like I'm letting all those kids down or something because there will always be people who are passionate about doing that. Yeah. That will do it and they'll do it way better than me because that's what they want to do like i do it now and i do a good job and everything i don't i don't like because it's serious but Mm -hmm. am i the best at it no way because it's like i my my heart is only half in it Mm -hmm. you know so it's like i you can only you can only you know do what you want to do i feel like you can only do so much of what you don't want to do is what i'm trying to say before you start to just like lose your mind at least for me (laughs) yeah no i'm like a very similar way and it's just like this progressive like journey of like figuring out like what is what is like the right amount of anything for me yeah you know what i mean yeah well i totally hear that dude because i I got my i feel like i'm doing so many different things like at all the time like even among the things i love like my passions now i gotta figure out like how much of this is okay? Like how much of the podcast should I be working on? How much should I be working on my band? Right. Right. Should I be trying to go do open mics for stand up? Like Jesus, you know, like it's, it's, it's the busiest I've ever been. It's like, I, the, the best I've felt about the, my direction in life, but I never thought like, wow, this is like, I, I could, I could really use a manager, you know, <laughs> I could really use someone to help me like, organize my time better and someone and to turn it into a job for me yeah because like being my own boss i'm not very good at it like having a job is easy because it's like you know when to go there you have these tasks to do and someone else tells you to do it so you don't have to think about what do i need to do but when you're your own boss and something like art no one tells you any of that shit yeah and if you fail it's your fault (laughs) you know it's true so it's like a totally other thing one last question I wanted to ask, and then we'll start probably wrapping it up here. All right. Um, we started. We talked about like initially we were talking about like uh, like amps and like engineering and not engineering, but like the electrical things like that. Yeah. It, it made me think like when it comes to photography, like how much understanding do you have of like the the mechanism behind photography, or how much of it is just like it, I hit the button, it does that, and then I. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I guess like I have a pretty good understanding of like the technical stuff behind it. Um, but for someone who's been doing it for like a decade plus, probably less than I should at the end of the day, I feel like there is more of um, 
maybe this is analogous, maybe it's not, but um, I feel like I understand the language of visuals much like how a musician would understand the language of like songwriting structures mm. um, and like just like the different elements that comprise a song, right? Like I understand the different elements that comprise a photo a lot better than I understand like what are the mechanisms oh, okay. in my camera. So like I understand I need like like composition moments uh, for like the photo in front of me, but mm. um, I know just enough of how to use the camera to accomplish that at this point. Yeah. Um, whereas there are definitely photographers who are like way more like technical um, who can like, create their own like uh sliders and um devices and stuff to like have all these really weird um but awesome like technical photographs and i guess that's just never um appealed to me to me it's just like i want to be around the moments um and yeah knowing i'm sure knowing the technical stuff behind a camera will help me capture those moments to a certain degree but like i'm more interested in like becoming a better human um yeah, all the sort of emotional and sociological stuff. Yeah, um, than the technical stuff. Yeah, um, to me, it's just like I said before, it's way more important just to be part of a community and be in that community. And to me, um, that's been like the number one benefit of photography. It's just it's made me a better person just because I have to put myself in a variety of situations with people like this weird situation right here, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and learn how to talk to people in different ways and learn how to be around them with a camera and without a camera too, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, makes a lot of sense. For me, like, even the idea, and it's the same with music, the putting, like... I don't know what the fuck a photo is. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> what is like, how does that even happen, dude? Like, that's amazing to me. It's absolutely crazy to me that like you can just flash something and then there it is. Like, that's what my eyes were seeing. Like, I, I sound dumb right now, but that's no, no, one of those I mean, miracles of the world, dude. I'm like barely like above you on that level. It's like, I know the science conceptually, but fuck i couldn't describe it to you or like taking a music taking an album and putting it on a piece of fucking vinyl yeah yeah, yeah. that is insane to me like yeah. i don't get it i don't get it like i can read i've read it i've read like the science i've read the explanation I'm like mm-hmm. still makes no sense yeah those are just words to me like i that doesn't it doesn't for me like reading how it's done doesn't satisfy my brain's yep. need to know how does this sound go onto this physical thing and how does this little needle extract it into the headphones mixed the way this person decided yeah, to mix it? Exactly. It's just fucking insane. Makes me happy to think <laughs> about it. It's just like, wow, I'm surrounded by miracles all the time. You know, I just have like the yeah. sense of wonder about things. That's why I love art, I guess. You know? Yeah, but there's only like so much you can learn about something before it just like loses its meaning. And I feel like yeah, also like you just for me, it's just like more important, like I said, become a better person and that in itself is like a skill in photography too just Mm. like you know you can break down music into like a number of like different skills that you can specialize in that you can contribute like musically right yeah oh yeah and like there's like music theory too so like i could i could really learn exactly what i'm doing all times through music theory but i just don't know any of it yeah and i'm i'm more interested in learning how to like use that like put my emotions out through music Mm -hmm. which is something that like there's so many parallels like so if i knew music theory 
I, it's like if you had more technical knowledge, you'd be able to do a little bit better what you want to do, like with creating the image. Yeah. Whereas like I might be able, if I knew more music theory, I might be able to like more easily access that sound I want. But it's, at the same time, it's not necessary. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not necessarily needed. Like it, I'll just keep fucking around on the guitar the way I already have. And like maybe one day I'll learn music theory. But if I never do, it doesn't it won't stop me. That will never be the thing that stops me from like being successful. It'll just maybe change the sound of the music, but I don't really care that much. You know? Yeah. But I mean, what's the thing in music that you pride yourself in? It's, it's my definitely like my ability to produce a song, like okay. take not the difficulty of the, of the parts, but the way I can arrange them and, mm. and, and, compiling the right parts and arranging them that's yeah. what i think I, that's where i think i'm good so it's not like i don't need to know i can hear it i don't need to know yeah. the whys or the hows i can just do it yeah you know and so like i if, if there was something that i felt like i needed to work on i would and so like that oh. And like if if I needed to work on something in order to do what i'm aiming to do i would work on it but i can do what i aim to do already and I can have a producer like a like a, a like a Nick Diener. I can have him do the things I don't know how to do, and I can do all the things. So I like that. That feels good. Yeah, you know, I can do all the things that I want to do, and I just need to work on being a better singer. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can work on that. You know. Yeah, and I mean, I think some of the skills, um, the different skills that you need to be like a successful musician or a successful photographer, or successful whatever like it it rounds itself out like i've definitely like learned more of the technical stuff in like you know the five or six year last five or six years just like i'm sure you're gonna learn different things about yeah you know music writing and you know the technical components and all that sort of stuff as you just do it more because mm-hmm. your brain's also just gonna want to entertain itself and find <laughs> new things new yeah. ways to like interpret what you're doing you yeah know what i mean so i'm always learning new things about the guitar because i'm mm-hmm. always just trying different things yeah so b- Whereas some people can like categorize that in their mind under like a new scale that they learned. For me, it's just like a new pattern on the neck, like a new pattern on the fretboard. So it's the same thing. It's not like I just stopped learning guitar. Mm -hmm. It's just the way I learn guitar is relative to my own like self-taught knowledge rather than relative to these like this predetermined set of rules that is music theory. So it's like, and and theory works for some people. Like I've, I've had friends like get way better than me guitar through learning theory and then my abstract way of looking at it is what works for me, you know, and you can apply that to all sorts of things. And that's such a wonderful universal thing that we could probably wrap it up on that and, and go from there. But, um, I did want you to, uh, you know, plug your stuff. I wasn't sure if, if you're, if you're looking for anybody to like hit you up or for if like a band wanted you if that's something you're open to or if you'd rather just kind of like work with your friends yeah so like part of the reason why like i enjoy this podcast is like i i get an insight into like a different music scene that i'm not like part of natively um and like so yeah if there are like bands and stuff that like want me to come out of shows um do promos or whatever stuff i'm open ears as long as i'm available and all that sort of stuff um and yeah i think in general i just like would want um yeah more like more 
more musicians in my life, I think. Yeah. Um, just because I think, you know, I'm pretty sequestered in some sense in like the hardcore metal scene to a certain degree. Um, and I have some friends, like I said, in some other scenes, but I think we could all do a better job. This sounds really corny right now, but like I'll do a better job of just like um, not letting the genres kind of... Um, separate us and you know let's play weird oh, yeah. shows together let's have a metal band play with you know um an indie band or whatever oh, sort of stuff yeah, i right? really want to see more of that yeah i would love to like just see more just weird um bills basically and just because you know music is this universal language at the end of the day yeah. regardless of what genre you play um yeah so yeah hit me up <laughs> um and yeah i just want to meet more people and go to more shows and just kind of keep with the good feeling of a good community so sweet what's what's like your uh you want to like give your social media links? Uh, oh yeah website? uh so you can find me at uh jxu period photo on instagram or joseph shoe that's joseph xu.com uh, sick and uh you know hire joseph and 10 percent of what you pay him will go to invite the neighbors no. exactly yeah <laughs> referral rate yeah right all right dude i really appreciate yeah, it yeah yeah thanks this man one the fuck down <laughs>